Hey everyone, um, it's CJ from the future. It's the night before this episode is supposed to come out. Um, I recorded this episode before the Oscars and before we found out so much about Zoe Kravitz and her family and clearly that she is not as gang as we all thought she was. Um, so... There are some things that I say in this episode that I no longer feel for her and I definitely look at her a lot differently and her family a lot differently. So just take this episode with a grain of salt and recognize that things have changed. What's good everyone? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to first episode of season two of film with cj my name is cj my pronouns are they them as always it's been a little bit of a break hasn't it a couple weeks i can't even i don't remember the date of the last episode of season one of film with cj that i put out but i wanted to do a break um between that last episode and this episode because i moved across the country. I moved from Chicago to the LA area and um, I just had so much going on with that that I couldn't really focus on the podcast for a little bit and I was going through some drama with work (laughs) also. uh, Still kind of going through some drama with work Um, but uh, who fucking cares bro? Who fucking cares about their nine to five? Not I. I don't give a fuck about my nine to five. Actually, I am starting to change my mindset about my nine to five and honestly treat it like a side job, a side hustle, a part time job because that bitch doesn't do anything for me except provide me with means to live. And so I will treat it as such. And what I actually am excited about and what I actually am passionate about is this podcast because makes me happy and my nine to five fucking doesn't so here we are so this week i want to talk about batman and y'all know i couldn't do another episode of film a cj without talking about batman because i feel like it's definitely one of the most anticipated album or albums movies of 2022 this movie they were promoting, I feel like for a while, like, I don't know if it got pushed back a couple times because of the pandemic and they're obviously going to want to do a limited movie theater release for any superhero movie, but especially one that's, you know, as big as the Batman franchise, they're not going to put that straight out on movie streaming services. But this movie was for bisexual people. I... I mean, you cannot tell me anything else. How are you going to cast Robert Pattinson, who is not the stereotypical manly man, uh, has a very odd but endearing and charismatic sense of humor, um, is like not super built um, kind of guy in the same movie with someone as perfect and as ethereal as Zoe Kravitz, who is an LGBTQ icon Although, well, Icon in the LGBTQ community, although I'm pretty sure she's not queer herself, she is literally like 
regarded as a queer icon in the queer community how you can't tell me anything else about it like how are you going to cast those two people in the same movie as the romantic love interests together you cannot tell me that this movie was not for the bisexuals you can't tell me anything else on top of the fact that this movie clearly had bisexual people in mind i think i i really loved the not entirely new direction of the movie but kind of new feel for batman as opposed to previous batmans that were put out robert pattinson is not someone who can play a superhero like i'm sorry he just is not the like super masculine type of person that can play a super masculine character and even if he wasn't a super masculine person in real life i i just don't think he embodies super masculine characters especially the stereotypical masculine energy that is in superhero male superhero movies like if we're talking about like thor captain america like those that are the epitome of honestly the male gaze um robert pattinson is not that and i really liked how the producers and the directors fit batman to robert pattinson as opposed to trying to make robert pattinson live up to the previous batmans and the energies of the previous batmans because it just isn't going to work and i feel like they probably knew that they were going to have to do that if they were going to move forward with casting robert pattinson as batman they just had to know that like he wasn't going to do the voice like he wasn't going to be the super macho version of batman that we've seen 10 times before and i loved it i loved how the movie was more dark and emotional and like moody than any of the other batmans that have come out before this installment of batman follows Batman basically partnering with the police and I'm gonna talk about how I feel about that later in the episode but high level Batman is helping the police solve a string of murders that are being conducted against high profile um, politicians and wealthy influential people in New York City and they're being done by the villain in the movie called the riddler who basically um murders people in the form of a riddle like there's always symbolism or clues involved with the murders that lead batman and the police to the next murders and so batman is trying to find out who the riddler is stop the murderers and catch the riddler to put him in jail obviously in his efforts to try and find the Riddler and work with the police, he comes across Selena Kyle, who is Catwoman and played by Zoe Kravitz, and their friendship slash romantic involvement ensues and kind of plays out alongside, you know, the Batman's quest to find the Riddler. Now, with two people as hot as Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz in one movie playing the love interests, the main characters together, 
selfishly, I wanted this movie to be so goddamn sexual. I wanted this to be sexy. Do you hear me? Sexy. The at in its fullest extent, like not porn. Like I don't want to watch porn, but I wanted to see. I wanted to see. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to see. With this movie being rated PG-13, I think they scaled that back to probably what it could have been, I guess. Um, But they definitely heavily focused on the plot in this movie, and that was probably the better choice, especially if they are going to do a follow-up or a sequel, which I definitely think they will, considering the ending. But I... I know that a lot of people, myself included, definitely wanted a lot more sexualness in the movie and there wasn't as much as like maybe I would want, but I also know that like with this movie being PG-13, there are going to be a lot of younger people going to see the movie because it's rated lower than like an R movie, obviously, so probably wouldn't want kids who are like 14 15 16 like going to theater and seeing fucking porn like I get that and I don't want to see porn either but like I did want like at least some like heavy making out or something I don't know maybe that's just me and I'm selfish and horny I don't know but there definitely isn't that in this movie and the the focus and the majority of the movie was on the plot which Like I said before, I understand and I support. Let's talk about hair and makeup for a second because whoever was in charge of Colin Farrell's makeup, he played Penguin in the movie, you are a god. Like, hear me again. You are a god because I legitimately had no fucking idea who that actor was. I swear to God, I was like, oh, it's just someone I've never seen before playing this role. Like, good for them. You're telling me that's Colin Farrell? Bro had a whole new face on. Bro had a whole new body, bro. Like, whoever was doing his hair and makeup fucking killed it. I I literally had no idea it was Colin Farrell until he did an interview. I think it was Jimmy Fallon where they were talking about the movie and Jimmy Fallon was like, oh yeah, you played Penguin in the new Batman, right? And he was like, yeah, like it was really fun experience and whatnot. And I was like, huh? Colin Farrell was in Batman? Bro, I swear to God. Whoever you are, I hope you get your flowers. I'm trying to give you flowers right now because that was absolutely insane in a good way. Okay, so let's talk about some things that I didn't really like about the movie. So I mentioned before that in this movie, Batman is working with the police to help solve the crimes that the Riddler is doing. And I just don't understand why like why are we doing that and like also why are we not explaining like how we got to that point where batman and the police are just working directly together because i seem to remember in some of the other batman movies 
Batman was not at all highly regarded by the police because they were like, oh, he's a fucking vigilante, like going around, destroying the city, like hurting people, and he's making the police look worthless. So how are we starting the movie off opening scene with Batman and the police having a direct relationship? I don't understand that. And I feel like if anybody understood the audience and the people who are going to be seeing this movie probably understand that they've seen at least one or two other previous Batman movies to which this theme of the police not liking Batman would have been present. Like, I'm fairly certain that almost everyone, 90% of the people who saw the Batman movie in 2022 saw Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. Most of us have seen that movie. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, please tell me, please tweet me if I'm wrong, but I do not remember the police and Batman having a particularly good relationship in Dark Knight. I don't think that was a thing. So why are we starting off this movie with it being a thing? And if it's going to be a thing off the bat, why are we not taking the time to explain it? Because ain't no way you're just going to expect me to accept that? No. Additionally, and this might be a hot take, I did not like the Riddler. I didn't think he was a convincing villain. And I know it's, you know, a hard act to follow when you're releasing a movie after the masterpiece that was Dark Knight. I know those are big shoes to fill because of Heath Ledger was like the perfect villain as the Joker. Like he fucking killed and carried that movie because without him, I would argue that Dark Knight probably would not be nearly as good. In fact, I think it would have been a boring movie. But Heath Ledger, I mean, he was incredible incredible in that role and I don't think the Riddler was as convincing I don't think he portrayed himself as mentally ill or as delusional as Heath Ledger did in Dark Knight as the Joker and you can argue your own reasons as to why you think Heath Ledger was so good in that role and you know whether or not it consumed him that is another conversation, um, but I'm just stating that Paul Dano as the Riddler was not a good villain. I, I think there was just an essence that was missing that could have taken the Riddler to the next level to make us really believe as audience members that this dude is fucking unhinged. I didn't really get the... the the feeling that he was unhinged. I got the feeling that like he was trying to prove a point and would take the steps necessary that he thought were necessary to drive that point home. But I didn't really get the feeling that he was like insane. Does that make sense? I don't know. And let me state for the record, The Dark Knight was also rated PG-13 too. So like there's not really an argument of like, oh, like they couldn't take it as far as they wanted to because then it would have to be rated R. No, I feel like The Dark Knight definitely went there and it was still rated PG-13. So I just think 
the actor who played the Riddler, Paul Dano, um, and the Riddler itself maybe was just not as convincing of a villain as I thought the Joker was in The Dark Knight. And I don't know if it was the actor's fault or the character's fault or just the direction that they wanted to go in for the new Batman movie, but I just didn't feel like it really went as far as it could have to make me convinced to convince me that this dude is this dude has no comprehension of remorse of repercussions of societal norms of anything like that i i just felt like it didn't take me there lastly i have some beef with batman fans particularly batman fans who are saying this batman is as good as dark knight no no, I'm gonna need y'all to reel it in because y'all are fucking delusional. This movie was not as good as Dark Knight. I'm sorry. It's not. I think this movie did a really good job. But did it... Is it comparable to Dark Knight in terms of quality? Nah. Nah. I mean, let us take into consideration that Christopher Nolan directed Dark Knight. Okay, Christopher Nolan, who did Inception, who did uh, Tenet, who did a bunch of other awesome, incredible, full and robust movies, did The Dark Knight. I'm sorry, we're we're talking about two different movies. Y'all are fucking delusional. We're no one should be comparing this movie to the quality and incredibleness that was the dark knight that's just period like let's end the conversation i'm in a fighting mood now so let's (laughs) let's see what the audience is saying about the movie all right so we got 85 percent on rotten tomatoes 8.4 out of 10 on imdb and 4.1 out of 5 stars on google reviews okay someone said There is sometimes a moment when after so many other previous iterations of the same story comes one that stands out for truly looking deeper into a character than all others combined. This was easily one of those few. Director Matt Reeves came onto this project with probably one of the most original approaches to a superhero I've ever seen. He stuck with a 70s dark cinema technique blended with an 80s early 90s comic book writing and pacing style that really pulls you in and feels worth the ticket and fun. The cinematography is beautiful and well thought out throughout most of the film. The Batmobile scene was sublime, the score, and every character had incredible depth that can be hard for some directors. And the biggest selling point, Batman is finally the detective here. He's in crime scenes, uses tech to find clues, even uses people to help him figure out the mystery. It's a great feeling when after all the Batman detective comics you've read as a kid finally hit the big screen in the coolest way possible. The cast had more hits than misses. Perhaps the only miss I'd have long discussions over is the Riddler. Thank you. Other than the interesting look and his trickery should not be taken lightly, I wasn't too sold on whether his design and even his voice were complete. It felt very Bane from Dark Knight Rises. I felt the Riddler persona could have been cleaned up slightly and done tighter, but there is some good news. There is a fan theory out there that Barry Cohen might be the actual villain. Of course, this is all theory, so rest assured this is not a spoiler of any kind. However, if so, it does make some sense after watching the film. 
Since Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy and dare I say even Joker, the Batman borrows all sorts of things from what we've seen and felt before and makes it their own. It even felt superior to Nolan's trilogy in some parts and was on equal footing with super gritty stuff like Sin City or dare I say Jason Statham. The running time did get to me however and somehow the movie felt like it was over in some parts but just kept going. So for sure the pacing and editing of the film could have been done better, especially if you enjoy strong endings or cliffhangers. However, all in all, this is quite a noteworthy experience and has a definite rewatchability factor. So although I disagree with this person's opinion that the Batman supersedes the Dark Knight in some aspects, I do agree with his, well, their comments about, um... The runtime of the movie, I did feel like towards the end, the movie just kept going. Like, I don't think this movie necessarily needed to be three hours because if a movie is going to be three hours, it should not feel like it's three hours. And I think a movie that did this really well that came out recently was Dune. I was fully encapsulated in Dune for that entire three hours and I did not feel like it was three hours. When the movie ended, I was like, whoa, like so much happened but I didn't feel like it was three hours. In Batman, I felt much less happened and it felt like three hours. Like I was like adjusting myself in my seat at maybe the two and a half hour mark and I feel like it should have ended at some point, but it just kept going. I don't think there needed to be all that extra time. I do think it could have been like a two hour, 15 minute or two and a half hour long movie don't think it deserved three hours really another person said the hype is real the darkest and most daring batman origin in cinema a dc film that does justice to the famous caped crusader counterpart comic done right wow what an alliteration there and i should dare say only in opinion this outperforms my expectations that even nolan's take on batman somewhat can do okay shut the fuck up Don't get me wrong, I like realism and his approach to when he directed the series, but there's something about Matt Reeves' portrayal of how he brought Batman to life in a way Nolan failed to acknowledge. This was a more humane, emotional, and touching side of Robert's Batman that is not just a fighter who is skilled in combat like martial arts fighting crime like thugs in areas in the city of Gotham, but he also has empathy and cares for the safety of humanity as seen in a world of corruption. He wants to bring hope to those in what seems to be a cruel and dark world. Just the nuance he brings in with when on the big screen conveys an indescribable wave of feeling. I find it even better for that reason than the Dark Knight trilogy, but that could just be me. Robert Pattinson's Batman is intimidating when necessary and does a masterful job capturing the essence of the role of his character. Zoe Kravitz makes a sensual and dreamy Catwoman. Paul Dano is a spine-chilling performance as the Riddler. I was literally at unease whenever he was in a scene. Colin Farrell makes one heck of a show for the Penguin. He was easily the best in his acting skills and I couldn't believe it was him. The transformation of his character is so out of this world. Jeffrey Wright is an interesting James Gordon. Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth is great. The the action sequences involving hand-to-hand along style hand-to-hand along style were fantastic and intense, including an excellent car chase scene with the Penguin and the Batman, an atmospheric soundtrack composed by Michael Giacchino, compelling, compelling storytelling, 
in exploring the struggles and challenges of a noir thriller-esque with your mindset as Batman where, where you immediately feel like you're in the film. The pacing may seem slow to others, but it is worth the runtime to delve deeply into the mysteries and twists and turns throughout the film. As of now, it's looking to be one of the most anticipated films yet of the year. Okay, I still resent the idea that people are saying this movie is better than The Dark Knight. However, I do understand what people are saying when they say that this movie displays a more humanized version of the Batman than The Dark Knight did. I do feel like The Dark Knight heavily focused on the setup between Batman and Joker and kind of the protagonist versus antagonist type of storyline. They were very good guy, bad guy type deal. And while that was great in the movie, you don't learn too much about Batman. Um, and I feel like in this movie, you do. You you definitely get to see a, a more emotional and a more caring and kind of a deeper side to, to Batman that you probably did not see in other movies. And so I can appreciate that. And like I said, I, I did understand and appreciate and support that this movie went in, went in another direction as previous movies where like this was a lot more moody and dark than, than dark in terms of like internal conflicts and not dark in terms of like you have a crazy villain um and that's something that I really liked about this movie so I can understand what people are saying like yes in that area it definitely surpasses the dark knight um if that's like really what you were looking for I just still don't think we should be saying that this movie is better than the dark knight because overall I don't think it is but I agree it's definitely more humanized than any of the other movies overall I think I'm pretty aligned with what people are saying about this movie and how people are rating it. I myself would give it an 8 out of 10, which is also in line with how overall audiences are rating it. Um, I don't think it should have been three hours, but I think the new direction um, was really refreshing and really cool to see. And I do hope there is an out another one. So that's that for this for this episode of Film and TJ talking about the Batman. Uh, I wanted to see some heavy panting in the movie, but we didn't get it. Maybe we will get it in the next one. Um, but I do think it's worth going to the theater to see. Um, I, I do think it's going to be a while before it's on any streaming services. Um, just because of how big of a name Batman is, it's probably going to be at least a year before it's on streaming services, I feel. So go see it in the theaters. It's worth the money. I know theaters are very expensive. Um, but maybe, I don't know, see a matinee or something like that. Uh, it's 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 worth being in the theater for and worth um, sitting down for three hours for. If you like what you hear on Film of CJ, go follow me on Twitter at Film of CJ and let me know what you think. Um, I'm always open to commentary and any opinions or suggestions on what you think I should be doing on the podcast um can't say i'll do it for sure though but always open to hearing what people are thinking and wanting to hear as always i'll have another episode coming out next thursday so i'll see all my film heads then